fans, viewers, and listeners, welcome to another exciting episode of Fight Inside Podcast. I'm your host for today, Rain Cruz, also known as Ringside Rain, ring announcer for Up Next Fighting. And with me, as always, is Timmy B. Before we get started, please take a moment to follow and subscribe to Fight Inside Podcast so you can get the latest news and updates from us. Today, we will take a look at our interview that we had with a real-life gladiator about his story not being finished. We will give our thoughts on Nganu Fury fight and see if 1FC made us cry with their goodwill and a whole lot more. So, what are we waiting for? Tim, hit it! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fight Insight Podcast! guest today is the true definition of a modern day gladiator this lithuanian and british light heavyweight is the two-time two-time former cage warriors champion and currently is in his second stint with the ufc where he is on a two-fight win streak and seeks the hat trick on november 4th at ufc fight night 231 he was the first lithuanian to ever win in the ufc and at 15 and 5 with a 73 percent finish rate he's the four-time british kickboxing champion you know that this is a guy you need to keep your eyes on. Rain, please welcome Modestus, the Baltic Gladiator, Vukaskas. How's it going? How's it going, guys? You're all good. You got that Big. perfect. Uh, <laughs> thank you. you Rain is perfect. awesome. Big Mo, Modi B, the Moster. What's going on, man? How are you? Nothing much, mate. Just uh, just got back from training, actually. Um, it's it's actually about what, Leah? About ten thirty at night. Usually, I get home a little bit later, um, but um, the the coach just did a bit less less stuff than what he normally does. But yeah, man, like life is good. What can I say? I'm I'm getting prepared to go out to war. Um, as soon as it gets closer towards the fight, I just I just you know the intensity ramps up. I I get more. I get more dark with my thoughts in, in like a good way, in a weird way, I guess you could say. Um, and yeah, like you're, you're playing more like kind of war music and stuff like that. It's, it's great. I love it. The fight time's always a great time. Nice, nice. Well, I'm so happy for you, my friend. Uh, let me tell you one thing, Ring. When I was researching my guest today, Mr. Modestus, I learned so much about this guy. And he is quite the gentleman, quite the nice guy. Like he looks like a killer. He is a killer when you see him. But when you look him up, and let me tell you, people, if you're not following Modestus on Instagram, but definitely your your YouTube channel, man, you've got a lot of cool stuff on your YouTube. Like your videos that you put out are very high quality. And you have your is it a podcast or it's a it's like a show that you have, which is called the Gladiator Diaries. Yeah, yeah, that's actually my podcast. I, I run it. It was actually one of my uh, one of my friend's ideas. Um, he does like a lot of media, like for MMA and stuff like that. His name's Carl Diamond, and he, yeah, he like messaged me one day and said, "Hey, listen, do you want to do you want to start up a podcast? We'll like run it in your name, but like we'll do it together." And I said, "Yeah, absolutely, amazing." So uh, I've been truly blessed to to have people like you know in the MMA scene that that are able to help me out like that. So um, yeah, and we've we kept it going strong every week now um, since we started. I think it was about eight eight or nine episodes on yeah. that. So yeah, very very cool. Now the dude that you do it with. He looks like he's like 10 years old. He's such a baby face, but he's got like such a cool voice for media. So you two and you two very well uh, work off one another. Like it's a very good combo, you two. Yeah, we definitely gel very well. I've always gotten along really well with him. So I think it only like really made sense that we'd work together on that. And, you know, he's really good as well because he's got like the uh because like i say he's been working with doing interviews and stuff for like mma media like he's very good with his flow and asking questions and stuff like this and then you know and then there's me who could literally talk and talk the ears off a donkey do you know what i mean so you put those two together and you got you got a nice combination there yeah yeah no that's awesome uh rain we better get to know our guest and the way we do that is sometimes we play a little bit of a game modestus so these yeah. questions all relate to you my friend they're all gladiator based rain Take it away with question number one. All right. Question number one. This actor shouted the famous line, are you not entertained in the movie Gladiator? Russell Crowe. 
Boom. All right. We're off to a good start. Thank goodness. I, I was a little bit worried because Modestus is a young man. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even think this, I think this movie might've been out before you were born. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what year it came out, but it's definitely one of my favorite films. My dad loves that film as well. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, I'm hoping that you know the answer to this next question. Right. All right. Number two, laser, nitro, ice, and Gemini were the people to beat on this game show from the late 80s. Oh my God. I have no clue. There was a Netflix documentary about it just recently. Nitro, laser, Gemini. Dang it. Bro, I literally have no idea. <laughs> too, you're too young of a man. American, American gladiators. <laughs> Modestus, have you seen that show? Have, do you know about that show? No, I haven't. Dude, that is crazy. <laughs> Look, after you finish watching all 143 episodes of this podcast, Modestus, go watch that Netflix documentary on American gladiators. It's crazy. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put that on my to-do list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 143 episodes. Then that 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 will keep me interested. That will keep me entertained all the way through my plane journey when I go off to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. So one for two. Now this is the last question, Modi. You got to get this one right. It's going to okay. be the hardest question. So I hope you get this wow. one. This gladiator <laughs> is about to get his third UFC win in a row on November fourth as he heads to enemy territory in Brazil. I wonder who that could be. I mean, the only one that springs to mind is your boy, Modi B, Modestus Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, the man. Boom. Look at you. Man, uh, Modestus, I'm so happy that you joined the podcast again. Thank you so much. Um, oh, thank how you, guys. Um, I really appreciate you guys asking me to come on, by the way. You guys are absolutely lovely. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you. No, no, of course, man. Uh, how are you feeling? You're heading into fight week. This is going to be released right a few days before your fight. So, but we're back in time now for those listening. How are you feeling heading into this baby? Oh, I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm feeling like I'm peaking at exactly the right time or the time when I should be, you know, not to say that I felt like I felt like I've peaked a bit earlier with some of my previous previous fights, but because I'm always in training, I'm always uh, trying to better myself and stuff like this. Sometimes I'm, I'm always doing strength and conditioning. I'm always like peaking like within four or five weeks before the fight, you know. And now this time around, I, I had I had shoulder surgery. I had no surgery. Um, I had that done. Uh, I can't even remember. It was like closer towards the the Zach Palga fight. And, um, you know, I, I got things fixed that needed to get fixed. And um, I started training, like, I think about 10 weeks out from this fight. So it kind of worked out really well because it meant that, like I say, like right now I'm feeling like I'm getting towards my peak condition, you know, my my my, my top level in terms of the skill set and all the things that I've been drilling and training. So everything is is going in the perfect direction uh for me to be ready on fight night so i'm feeling really good man I'm feeling really confident that is crazy rain we just talked on our last podcast about peaking mm -hmm. and about getting your schedule up modestus i gotta now ask you taking a last minute fight it doesn't allow you to peak and stuff like that and set that training down that path we just saw usman and um who uh usman and volkanovsky both took, you know, short notice fights and then lose. How important is it for you to have that perfect training camp so that you can be there in the right mindset and peaking? Mm, I don't know, man. Like, in all honesty, for me, look, I took, I took the, uh, I took the Tyson Pedro fight on two and a half weeks notice, and, yeah. and I went out there and got the win, and that was probably one of my best performances, which yeah. is mad. Like, like I said, I think it just depends on, on, on how you sort of. <laughs> I guess you could say living your life or what your lifestyle is like. I mean, you know, everyone's obviously always training and stuff like that. I think because I had it in my head that, you know, I'm probably going to be fine or there could be a good opportunity. I just kept making sure that I'm like kind of firing on all cylinders, like training properly and stuff like this. Um, I feel like obviously when you've got a goal in mind and you've got something ahead of you and you're like, oh, I've got 10 weeks, you can be a little bit more, um, a little bit more precise with everything. You know, you can be a little bit more, um, you can have the formula mixed in a little bit better preparing for that particular fight. But at the same 
point, like I really enjoy taking fights on like three, four weeks notice. If I've known that I've been training, that I've been doing my strength and conditioning, that I've been improving my skills, because that's the fun part off season or when you're not got a fight, that's when you can just be like, ah, oh, let me just work on whatever the hell it is that I want. I don't have to do anything mm. specific for a particular opponent. I can just get better and actually really enjoy that. And I think a lot of people miss miss that. A lot of fighters miss that. They they miss enjoying the process of the day-to-day, -day, you know, and that's something that I've sort of really embraced um, ever since, you know, uh, I, I won on, on New Year's Eve. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to stay in shape, stay ready. If something comes up, who knows? And then next thing you know, it did come up and, and, mm. and I was good to go. So, um, yeah, I feel like it, uh, if you have something, you know, like I say, you have 10 or eight weeks, to, to the, you know the opponent you have everything all set you can just be a bit more meticulous with everything you can just plan everything a little bit better but on the same stretch I mean even taking something short notice I feel like I would be able to do that because of just the way that I live my life that's because you're insane and you're <laughs> and that's that's because you're insane you're a psycho uh let me ask you this question who goes and watches horror movies by themselves in theaters <laughs> exactly this guy <laughs> i'm i'm I'm, def I'm definitely a weirdo like literally and do you know what is weird because i kind of had this this kind of like change of pace like within just my my, my, my general like kind of you know people ask you oh, what your hobbies and stuff like that and it's like like for me i mean i don't know like it's, it's it's almost like i like to do like kind of adventurous stuff like and to be honest I was, I was trying to figure out, like, you know, I want to keep myself entertained over the weekend, so what am I going to do? I didn't want to see anyone, though. I didn't want to be around. Like, weirdly enough, I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't want to be around people. Uh, but I did also, at the same point, didn't want to be within these four walls. I wanted to actually right. go out and do something. And then, yeah, literally, I thought, oh, I like horror films. I'm going to go and watch Saw, you know? And then... <laughs> can you, <laughs> exactly. can like, you imagine oh. a, light, a light heavyweight monster like this, and you're in the theater, and you see just this lone guy, like, walking in all yeah, beefed just, up just, and just, just sitting, sitting by himself <laughs> yeah. taking up like three seats do you know what i mean he's just he's just sipping on his water everyone's drinking eating their popcorn or whatever i'm like just sipping on my water and um yeah i'm just sitting there like watching people get their heads chopped off and stuff and you know yeah. fi finding it somewhat enjoyable and like passing my time so yeah <laughs> yeah total yeah, weirdo, I'm, I'm total crazy weirdo. Guy, what can i say yeah i uh, i do have to say i am so happy for you and the success that you've had modestus because for those that do not recall who you are you're the gentleman that suffered a very gross injury when you fought khalil roundtree it was uh uh that kick that was kind of like an oblique kick, but kind of like a stomp on the knee that kind of like really busted up your knee at the time. It set off alarms around the MMA industry about should this kick be legal? Should it not? Blah, blah, blah. And it was like really crazy. Um, you've recovered from that. You go back, you reclaim the cage warriors championship, which is no easy feat. Then you make it back into UFC. Your rise back has been fantastic. And it's almost like you're better than ever before. Um, how, what do you attribute that to in terms of your ability to overcome such adversity and, and now be like, just killing it? Well, I knew the story couldn't end there. You know, um, all the things that I had set out for myself, you know, like you hear Sean O'Malley talk about it all the time about, you know, dreaming big and like thinking about, you know, in his head, like being the best of the best and like having like crazy, like wild visions and, and stuff like this. And like I, I too have those same visions. So when, when, when your dreams and goals are just so big um, and you're working towards it every single day, you, you, you're almost like, there is no other option. Like you need to achieve what it is that you have it set out in your head. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's like, imagine, imagine this, yeah? Like I've gone through my career, I, I got to the UFC and then I got cut and had this injury and then no one heard anything else from me and that was it. That was it. That was the story of Modestus Bukowskis finished over, done, closed <laughs> book. You know, he becomes an accountant or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I just think that's a pretty boring ass story, you know? Like there, there's just, you know, I, I knew that it would mean a hell of a lot more having gone through all of that and still achieving the, you know, achieving the things that I want to achieve rather than everything going. No one cares about someone that having everything plain sailing, you know, and I think with anyone who's successful, wherever it is in their life, they're always going to have a bumpy road. You know what I mean? They're going to have ups, they're going to have downs. And some people's ups and downs are just different to others. Do you know what I mean? So, um, 
and every, everyone's story is completely different. Do you know what I mean? This is why I try not to compare myself to anyone else. And like, I almost think, oh, people have done this by this age or whatever. And it's like, you can't, you can't do that. You just got to stay in your lane. Think about your journey and your process and enjoy your process yourself. I've learned a lot of things I feel like maybe a bit later on in life. But in, in reality, it's just the speed at which I need to go. You know, some other people do things, you know, completely differently. You know, times change and, and whatnot. But um, I, I think I attribute, you know, like I say, so partly because, like I said, I, I knew the story could not end there. Um, I knew how, how much th this whole MMA, you know, becoming a professional athlete, you know, going within the sport of MMA, fighting in the UFC, like I literally just got a little bit of a taste of fighting there, and then it was just taken away from me. It's like I, I wasn't done. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. say, it's just like I said, the book just just that was a strong thing for me. That was a really strong thing, and I knew a lot of people were counting me out. A lot of people said, "Ah, oh, he's done. His career's over." This is why I defended Khalil. I'm like, my career's not over. You know, yeah, it was a devastating kick, but it's completely legal. So of course I defended him. Um, but at the same time, it's like every, everyone, everyone kind of thought, oh, yeah, this this kick should be illegal because it's so dangerous and because my career is over. Well, do you know what I mean? I was the only one that was going to show and to prove to everyone that my career was not over. And not only that, that I can and will compete with the best guys in the world that I know I'm capable of doing that. I haven't shown people what I'm capable of. That like rings in your head. Like it makes you feel like, I don't know, the fact that I, the fact that I know I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm capable of much more than what I've shown, that was another digging thing in my head. I'm like, I can't leave this here. People don't know. And I need to show them. Like, what, what, why, why am I just going to, you know, and doing things that are fearful and crazy and scary and makes you anxious and stuff like that, these are things that are now thriving and things that I enjoy doing. And, you know, you got to embrace the fear. you got to embrace the suck and all these kind of things. And uh, it was a very dark time, though, I must admit. Uh, after the injury and and then obviously when I got cut like I, I went through a, a downward spiral mentally and and you know and it it took a lot for me to get back but I've got a very amazing supportive family um, you know people that are close to me like all, always you know got my back and you know I was able to just day by day bit by bit get back to where I needed to be so it was a process but um yeah like I say we got it done and we are still nowhere near finished to, to the things that I want to achieve god damn your opponents are are, are doomed let me just tell you Modestus <laughs> I love I love your mentality I love your focus I love your mentality like I said like it was an absolute pleasure to research you for this podcast because like I didn't know who you were man like that and that's the thing about this podcast that I love doing is I've met you know, this is episode 143 or 144, wherever this, this episode is, I've met almost 144 different people from around the world of combat sports and each one more interesting than the next. But man, it's so cool to get to know you. Um, let me play this clip for you. And I just want your reaction to this. Uh, for those not only listening on audio, this is Khalil Roundtree when asked about how he felt about you returning and doing so well. Is it kind of cool to see that he's turned it around because he did recover from it and now he went on to be the Cage Warriors champ. I think he got called up on short notice to fight Tyson Pedro. Was it cool to see that he has recovered and- 100% with my whole heart. I think it's, I think it's really fucking cool. Had you seen that before? Yes, I have actually, yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually, uh, someone showed it to me. One of my friends showed it to me. Nice. And um, yeah, I mean, if if you're gonna ask my reaction to that, um, you could see that he was very actually genuinely emotional about it. Yeah, because you know, no no one wants to see a fighter, you know, uh, you know, hurt so badly that they can't continue their careers and 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 stuff like this. And obviously, he is a very emotional guy, same as yeah. I am. So um, you know, for him to like generally be almost in tears. Uh, knowing that 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 you know I have recovered that I, and that I am back, um, it's it's very nice. It's very nice to see that it did mean something to him that I was able to uh, to make it back because he knew how devastating the strike was at the time. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, bro, this is the this is the fight game. You know, mm -hmm. um, he's now in the top fifteen. I'm coming for the top 15, you know, I've got, I've got fighters in front of me that I've got to fight and I've got to go and beat. And, you know, this could make a hell of a story 
uh, with a rematch in the in the future. You know, so yeah. these are all, these are all like uh, um, amazing things. Like I say, um, it's just very nice to see that the respect and love in the game is still very clearly and truly there. Uh, and as I say, I pre- I really do appreciate that. Yeah. It is very nice. And yeah, Khalil is an emotional guy. If you've watched him on the Ultimate Fighter show, as I did, like you saw that he's an emotional dude. So, uh, and everything I hear about him is he's a nice guy. He's never agreed to come on this podcast, Modestus. So, I mean, you're definitely the nicer guy, I would say, you know. <laughs> um, Modestus, uh, before we let you go, before I ask Rain if she's got questions for you, because I know, uh, I, you know, we want to be respectful of your time. Is there anything that you wanted to say to the fans, viewers, and listeners of the podcast? um yeah just um everyone keep watching this podcast uh i've got a lot of episodes to catch up on so make sure you guys check out all the episodes as well <laughs> fight insight uh these guys are absolutely amazing like i said this is the first time i've met them properly and uh they're very kind and warm and uh, i i really appreciate that and um for people that are going to be tuning into ufc sao paulo get ready for a very explosive fight um it's going to be a very entertaining fight and you will definitely see the Baltic Gladiator get his hand raised once again. I'm going in there all out, do or die, kill or be killed. Um, it's now time to, to 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 make a statement, you know? Like, he's out there uh, in his home country. I've, I've been in enemy territory for the third time this year. Uh, and and ain't, I ain't done going out there and claiming my land. So I'm going to go out there and do what i got to do. Be vicious, be violent, and get the win. God damn. I'm going to cut that for sure for a promo, <laughs> Modestus. That is killer. Uh, Rain, before we let him go, is there anything that you had? Any questions that you wanted to ask this? Yeah. Um, I really love your comeback story. Um, my question for you is, since you love horror films, if you were given the opportunity to dress up as a character from any horror film that you like, when you do your walk-in to any of your fights, what will you dress up as? Oh, that's actually a really, really good one. Um, do you know what? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a like a like a horror a horror film, I guess you could say. But you know, like from Three Hundred, where they got those um, those Persian warriors and they're wearing like these masks. Yes, like something, 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 something along those lines. You know, uh, that or even just like the. Um, like what Russell Crowe wore in the Gladiator or something like that. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? So it wouldn't necessarily be like a, I guess you could say like a scary vibe, so to speak, okay. but it would be more like a, like, you know, I'm here and I'm coming and I'm dangerous, you know, sort of that kind of vibe. You know, I like the whole thing with the spikes on the on, on the back of the head here and like, you know, covering the eyes and over here. It's like um, Maximus Decimus Meridius. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think that's such a cool vibe. So I would definitely go with something like that. Nice, okay. nice. Okay. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Modestus, before we let you go, I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, and before I, before I do ask that, though, I'm going to say, man, you are the coolest dude. And uh, oh, I, I know that. I know that we ha- I know that we have short time with you today, but I really do hope that you become a friend of the podcast. I do hope that we can have you back on again because I feel 100%. like there's dude, there's so much that I want to talk to you about. Uh, you're such a nice guy. You did kind of sell us out that we were recording this at the time that both uh, Rain and I are skipping work right now, so you gotta you know keep that stuff down. But uh, yeah, don't worry, I got your secret safe for me, mate. <laughs> Also, if Rain and I were accountants, we'd be like on a flight to go beat you up, calling out accountants and not be excited. Uh, okay, so this question is, it's a question that my mom used to ask me growing up almost every day of my life. She would ask this to me and I want to ask it to you. So Modestus, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you? How happy am I? I would say right now, I don't know. I, 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 think, I, think, I'm a, I think I'm a 10 man like i'm I'm just like i'm just happy doing what it is that i love do you know what i mean enjoying like now i know there's going to be things in the future and in life that are going to obviously make me more happy but do you know what the everyday process doing everything the way that i'm doing it achieving the things that i'm doing i mean i'm 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 as i'm as happy as larry do you know what i mean i'm, I'm as happy as can be so uh you know I, I know there's going to be events that will just like kind of sort of amplify uh the happy feelings but as of right now, I'm feeling great. So I'll give myself a 10. Nice. That's beautiful and beautifully said. 
Modestus, it was an absolute honor and a pleasure to meet you and to talk with you. I think you're the coolest dude, guys. Definitely go check out his Instagram, but check out his YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. I subscribe today uh, because I've, I've got stuff to catch up on as well. Man, I got those Gladiator Diaries to watch. I really like it. Um, and uh, those videos, the videos that you did with like your uh, fight prep weeks and stuff like that, those are extremely professionally well done. So I really enjoy it. Rain, you got to check those out. Those videos are very cool. <laughs> Uh, Modestus, thank you so much for joining the podcast. All the best to you on your fight. Enjoy Brazil. Oh, thank you guys, honestly. And like I say, you guys are really cool. Um, I love I love speaking to you. Uh, I'll definitely be on here again. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. Much love to all of you. And uh, yeah, uh, I can't wait to put on a performance for you lot. And we're back. Hi. Just like, just like that. Rain, we are in Halloween costumes. I, I know. I dyed my hair blue for this, just for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> I'm going to melt if I wear this mask any longer. So that is that. And uh, all right. Well, we're coming back now. We filmed that. Ep we filmed that interview last week. So we plugged that in, and then now we're back to being live. But Modestus, there are some guests that like I really love. Modestus is going to be like our best friend, Rain. I know. Moving forward, like at, coming off that interview, I was like on such a high that this guy was just such a cool dude. Like, what did you think about him? I know it's like a, been a week ago now since we interviewed and you haven't seen the interview back yet, but what was your vibe off of him? You know, he's like super friendly and funny, actually. And yeah. um, just I, I really love his story. You know, the story of redemption, the story of coming back after what happened to him. And despite all of those struggles, all those challenges, like he found a way to make it back to where he is now. And I'm so excited for him. And he has that positive attitude, you know, despite, you know, the stuff that he had been through, which is really, really good. Like always good to hear like stories like that. The best dude. And what people don't realize is before we started the uh, podcast too, you were asking him like, how do you want your nickname? How do you want your nickname? And he didn't know you meant like, where do you want the Baltic gladiator in his name? He's like, big mo, mo, the moster, uh, mo money, mo problem. Like he's giving you all these other nicknames for him. I thought it was so funny, man. What a good guy. Do you know when I uh, reached out to him to interview him, I just knew he was a UFC guy. I knew that he was two-time cage warriors champ. I knew that he had come back from being let go from the UFC. I didn't realize he was the guy that got the the knee stomp like that oh okay okay and when that happened rain i remember doing a podcast saying that move has to be illegal that's crazy and then so to now talk to that guy and see how he's like hey man that's part of the game and whatever and how he just rolls off the sleeve with that like i'm like holy moly that's such a nice guy so uh modi b thank you so much for coming on the podcast i reached out to him after i said thank you he said he had a great time rain so i feel like we're going to be all three best friends yeah um, and uh, he'll be back he'll be back on the podcast for sure i wished him luck he is fighting this weekend so of course guys make sure you follow and watch ufc brazil he's fighting on november 4th friends of the podcast update we've got Fatima Klein, who you met two weeks ago, she fights this week. Uh, when this podcast releases, it's tomorrow, Friday, November 3rd. So catch her on Fight Pass, CFFC. I do want to give a shout out. Rain, our mutual friend, the Slim Reaper, he went through surgery just yeah. recently. So I wanted to give him some love and, and shout him out for fans of the podcast. Please do reach out to Slim Reaper and send him some love. He's got hand surgery. Uh, but he says he'll be back shortly. He says in around two months, I think he's thinking. So good luck to him and Slim Reaper. We're always uh, praying for you and, and cheering him on. So good luck to the man. Yeah, speedy recovery for you, Slim Reaper. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then what else? Uh, of course, friends of the podcast, RageWorks Podcast Network. Thank you, RageWorks Podcast Network. Sorry, RageWorksNetwork.com. Go and check them out for other audio podcasts such as ours. Uh, Rain, we've got a few things to talk about. Before we do that, next week's guest. Next week's guest, Rain, I believe, cross fingers, former Bellator bantamweight champion, Rafion Super Stotts. Rafion Stotts, Rain, one of the biggest personalities in MMA in the bantamweight division, especially in Bellator. This guy is a character, and I can't wait to have him on uh, this week or next week. Next so. week, yeah. 
fingers that he actually comes. I'm pretty sure he's going to, but he's a very cool dude. And he's fighting a guy that um, I should really be more professional, but really that I cannot stand. He's, <laughs> he's Danny Sabatello or whatever. He just, he's very cocky. He's kind of like a Jersey Shore type. Okay. Guy. But he plays it up. I mean, I'm I think it's probably an act, but he's very polarizing with his attitude. Anyways, Rafion Stott looks to fight him and beat him for the second time. So I was commenting on Rafion's post, going, "You better beat this fool," and he was like, "Damn right, I'm going to." So he's going to come on the podcast. So I'm excited. Uh, all right, topic wise, what do you want to talk about first? Ooh, do you want to talk about the big bonus first? The big bonus? Okay, yeah. We'll we'll go right with the positive vibes and the positive energy. Rain, this happened last sat uh, last Saturday morning, last Friday morning at 1FC. You know, I've been very, mm, how do you say, vocal about my concerns about 1FC blowing, mm -hmm. right? These dudes give bonuses left, right, and center. There never seems to be any, like, control over it. There's, you know, 50,000, 50,000, whatever. They're, like setting record losses every year. So I don't know how much money this guy's blowing. Then I see this online and I saw this live during the fights, but here's the video of it. For those that haven't seen it, you'll be seeing someone get a bonus. I'll explain it right after this. It was, I mean, beautiful. So what that was, was the translator, Frank Andrews is his name. He's the translator all the time in Thailand. He does it because, you know, they film it in the, the Lumpany Stadium in Thailand. So he's translating for every single fight constantly. Every week he's there. Nicest looking dude, right? Young mm -hmm. guy. Out of nowhere in the middle of the show, the, I, the other guy, I don't know who it is. I think the president of UFC, uh, 1FC Thailand or something like that. He shouts out, and that's what you're hearing him say, that Chachi Sityatong, the, the, the CEO of 1FC, is giving you 350,000 baht. And you just see the guy break down, like go to his knees. It was, I mean, if you're not tearing up when you watch that, you're dead inside. <laughs> like It's so such like a raw moment, too. Like, just looking at his reaction... Yeah. Like just crying and he couldn't believe it. I mean, all of us couldn't believe it, right? I mean, can you imagine going to work and the next thing you know, you got this bonus, not just a, a like a random, like, you know, hey, here's like, you know, a $100 bonus. It's like $10,000, I think. Yeah it, con yeah, it con yeah, it converts to t about 10,000 US dollars. Yeah. If you're living in Thailand, that makes you the richest man in Thailand. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Hence the tears from him. <laughs> yeah, he's now the king of his uh, whole city. Uh, it was just crazy. It was beautiful. You know, uh, you think about the people that run the ship behind the scenes. You know, whether you're in front of the camera or behind, but there's all these people aside from the fighters that are making things work. And that translator, yeah. you know, is beautiful. I mean, it's crazy. So. Yeah. Any negatives there, Rain? Um, I, I don't think of any negatives. I, I just am really glad that, you know, he got recognized because I feel like sometimes with translators, you know, they, they translate what the fighters usually say, right? But at the mm -hmm. same time, I feel like it's a thankless job, you know, because yeah. I feel like once like people hear the translation, it's like, okay, well, thanks to you. We still want to talk to the fighter, you know? So they're kind of just like in the background all the time, but that's, but their job is to like translate whatever the fighter is saying. So that way, you know, everyone will understand what's going on, you know, and I'm, I'm just really happy for this person. I don't know him personally, but you know, I really feel like he deserved it. So yeah. Yeah. He does a great job because the thing is, I think unlike other translators, I think he's hired by one FC mm. because 
you know, if you're coming from Russia or whatever, I don't think you're going to have a translator that's going to be able to translate into Thai. Mm. You know what I mean? In UFC, it's always translated into English. Okay, mm, fine. Mm. Translate it to, to Spanish. They kind of have their guy. I don't know if they, these people are on the roster per se. Mm. But this Frank Andrew guy, I'm pretty sure he's like part of 1FC. So he's like a member of the team. And to get that bonus, obviously huge. The guy breaks down and falls to his knees crying. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then after it is so funny because then he gets up and Mitch, you know, who we've had on this podcast, Mitch is like, you know, what do you have to say? And then it's so funny. It's so cute. The guy goes, I, I, I don't, should I be speaking entire English? I don't know. And then, <laughs> and then he says it in English and then he says his, you know, uh, acceptance in English. And then he repeats it in Thai. The true consummate professionally is that beautiful, beautiful scene. I will say rain just because I'm a miserable person. When I saw it at first, when I saw it at first, I was a little, I, and I didn't see it live first. I saw it on huh. a whole thing and I didn't see the video. But when I heard about it and I saw the picture of it, I was like, oh, God, 1FC, like, just do that stuff behind the scenes if you have to. Like, it seemed like me, like, is this a publicity stunt? Like, you're, you know, you're just trying to, again, say how wonderful you are. And that's how, you know, cranky old Tim saw it. <laughs> but then I went and watched it. And when you watch it live, you can't help but just feel so positive and like tear up a little bit or, you know, yeah. it's just so lovely. And you just be like, no, no, no. Okay. They're doing this guy. So this guy has like one of the greatest moments in his life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's, you know, really good that they did it that way. Uh, mostly because you, you know, you caught that raw moment of how um, the translator got super shocked and then, you know, it's just like, he couldn't believe it. Right. And just capturing that moment and everyone seeing it, everyone cheering for him you know, I feel like, great, he got the money. But at the same time, with everyone cheering for him, he could hear how people really love him. And people really value what he does for one FC. Yeah. I mean, it also threw a wrench in my in my conspiracy theory that the crowd is fake in one FC too. <laughs> because you hear the crowd like react to that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. That'd be a weird thing for them to be faking on the computer, like fake cheering for this translator. Uh-huh. But then it also lends credence to my conspiracy theory because I'm like, if you were at an event and they gave the translator a bonus of money, would the crowd scream like that? I would. Yeah. I mean, I the thing is to it's me. It's a very yeah. loud scream. Like the whole crowd erupts. I think, well, here's the thing. I think it's because the crowd appreciates what he does. Yes, because Um, they're Thai and they wouldn't understand anything were it not for this guy. Yeah. And then at the same time, um, maybe they see like the level of excellence that this guy does at what he, you know, translating. And then at the same time, it's just, it's such a good deed to see. It's a good act to see. Um, And I think, you know, everyone was just really happy for him. Yeah. And especially, you know, just seeing his reaction. Yeah. You couldn't could not cheer for that. You could not have made it any better. But you're right. You know, here's the other thing, too. If you're Thai and you're in Thailand and you're watching these fights, barely any of the fighters are Thai speaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're a local going out to those fights all the time, the only voice you're really hearing and understanding is Frank's voice. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever is speaking, it's Frank saying it to you. So I guess, yeah, I guess you fall in love with that dude and you like it. But I, I'm trying to hate on it because I've given one FC so much problems in the past. But like, geez, Louise, you can't do anything but love this guy. So Frank, congratulations! Uh, I hope you see my post because I posted about it to give you props, man. That was it was beautiful. And Shachi Sitchidong, man, good job! Like truly, truly, truly. Even if a curmudgeon like me can turn around. Joy <laughs> for this moment, then you know you've done something right, man, because uh, it is beautiful. Um, speaking of grumpy people, remember our good old grumpy friend Jared Gordon? Jared Gordon. Oh, God. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> so, remember Jared Gordon? We talked about him and he posted that post about buying tickets for his family, and you and I figured out all the different ways that this thing was going down. Yeah. So I think poor Jared Gordon is going to be even more mad than 
he was in the photo we showed. And again, this was a few weeks ago, uh, one of our episodes. So hopefully if you're a regular viewer or listener, you'll recognize this, but it was this post here, right? Where Bloody Elbow put this miserable photo of him looking kind of grumpy, maybe maybe flexing hard like Rain thought. But it was all around him buying these tickets for his family that cost like $22,000 for 17 tickets, right? We remember this, Rain? Yeah, yeah. Do you know why I'm bringing this back up? No. Why? Did he buy more tickets? Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy's broke. No. Those tickets were for UFC 295, the main event, John Jones versus Miocic. Oh. And that fight is off. Uh-oh. So I'm just going back to say, dear Jared Gordon <laughs> and Jared Gordon's family. Cousin Earl. <laughs> Cousin Earl, you better be paying back Jared Gordon now because now he's bought you tickets for a goddamn event where John Jones isn't even there anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. I think that's, I mean, imagine all the people like Jared Gordon that spent that kind of money and no offense, but Jared Gordon was not the reason a lot of people are going there. Probably even some of those friends and family he's inviting, like, yeah, they're going for Jared, but obviously to see John Jones yeah, fight yeah. Steve Miocic in the greatest heavyweight battle of all time, blah, blah, blah. And now that's off the cards, gone. I mean, ooh, that's maybe a, they'll get lucky and they'll find like a you know a good enough replacement for John Jones, and then they'll get a good fight. Still, I feel like. Well, they have the they have the fight lined up now. They have the new heavyweight title. Uh, sorry, they have the new main event for that card, mm -hmm. uh, which is Alex Pahea versus. Hold on. Uh, Yuri Pozhashka. I don't know how to say these names, but uh, it's for the light heavyweight title. Okay. So Yuri Prohashka versus Paheya, Alex Paheya. Yeah, light heavyweight title bout. Now, the kicker is none of these guys are even really the champion. They're fighting for a vacant title. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely not the fight you were paying $22,000 to see. No offense. Well, guess what? For Cousin Earl and the rest <laughs> of uh, Jared Gordon's family, they didn't have to pay for it. So yeah, for them, so they cares? didn't lose anything. Yeah, uh, who cares? But I just thought that's funny. But it leads into the fact that John Jones uh, is now not fighting mm -hmm. anymore. He pulled his pectoral muscle. And I'm just saying kind of Timmy B told you so. Mm. Because Rain, here's what happened. Remember when USADA said they were leaving? Uh-huh. And we did the whole story on that? Well, John Jones posted something on his Twitter that said, ha-ha, USADA never got me, blah, blah, blah. Something like that. Now, John Jones is the guy who reportedly and uh, admittedly hid from uh, PP collectors when they came for him at a gym one time he hid under the ring so that they couldn't find him he's been caught multiple times for picograms and stuff like that so people always think he's kind of a cheater mm -hmm. uh, so he posted something and here's his Twitter it says man I survived USADA first they said I was guilty of having picograms they considered me innocent picograms then became legal guess what I'm still here still unbeaten blah 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 right when he tweeted that, I was posting places going, USADA's coming after this dude. Like, USADA's still here till January 1st. They're going to mm -hmm. come after this dude to try and get him on something to, to, you know, like go hard on him. Like every morning you're going to wake up and they're going to be standing there with their little bottle for you, you know? Yeah. Conspiracy, conspiracy theory, Tim says, they busted his pectoral muscle. Somehow USADA did this. USADA like poisoned him or did something. <laughs> and USADA says, screw you, John Jones. We're going to get you. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, that is just crazy that the John Jones fight is out. Um, and uh, yeah. Do you care about this at all? Do you think uh, USADA went after him and illegally punctured his pectoral muscle <laughs> in his sleep or anything? I don't think so. Um, no. I didn't think that far ahead. Um but no, I, um, I don't think so. I think it's just a, a, an unfortunate case of like, hey, you know, he was set to fight 
uh, for UFC 295. And unfortunately, um, even though tickets have been sold, people have paid tens of thousands of dollars for these tickets. Unfortunately, John Jones will not be there. But guess what? It, there's the show must go on. So I feel like people will still, you know, see some yeah. great fights. I know it's crazy, but you know, uh, I'm just saying if it wasn't USADA directly having a hand in this, karma is a beep, you know. <laughs> and I just feel like John Jones, when you're you're tweeting this stuff, I mean, I didn't I didn't have it saved here, but it's it's here on the screen there. Yeah. But um, you know, when John Jones tweets stuff like that, I don't know, man. Karma comes back to get you. Like, oh, yeah. you want you want to taunt that you avoided everything, huh? Well, there goes your pectoral muscle. And now he's busted. So, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But poor Jared Gordon's family. I'm so sorry that you're not going to enjoy the heavyweight title fight that you thought you were going to go see. And making your poor Jared Gordon spend all that money on you bums. He needs a bonus to get that money back. <laughs> Jared Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the problem is too, when you fight in New York, you get taxed apparently like a crazy amount. Oh, really? Okay. So he may need two bonuses too. Okay cover these losses T hotel expenses food transportation like that stuff ain't cheap man like wait hold up i hope he's not paying for hotel and transportation for his guests they he already paid for their tickets you don't think he's paying for the hotels i, I hope like, not i, I hope they're paying for his hotel and transportation limo and no after party after no, fight no. <laughs> nope not even close i mean there's, I don't think so. I, I think, I think you're at the very least paying for the hotels, if not the transportation there too. Because at that point, why wouldn't you just pay for your own ticket then? Uh, where does, where does this dude live? Oh, he li Oh, never mind. He lives in New York. Okay. There you go. Or, well, born in New York. So if his family's in New York, okay, fine. So the transportation, maybe even accommodations, maybe don't need. All right. All right. Fine. Jared Gordon's family's okay. off the hook, but. The cooking dinner that night. For him. Yeah. yeah. And you your meals all leading up. Yeah. You better have a whole bunch yeah. of stuff here for uh, Mr. <laughs> Gordon. Uh, let's see. What's the other thing we're going to talk about? Nganu versus Fury. Rain, I wasn't even watching the fight. I figured it would be over in like two rounds. And then you messaged me going, are you watching this? <laughs> so I flip it on by about round five, I think. Oh my God, you missed round three. Oh, the knockout. So I go back and I watch it after. But I started around round five. I mean, you were watching it. What did you think? What did you think the, not the score exactly, but who do you think won? I thought uh, Francis Ngannou won the fight. I'm no boxing expert, but, right. you know, judging by what I saw, I felt like he did more, most of the work or more of the work compared to um, Tyson Fury. Yeah. Um, especially round three. I felt like that moment when um, Fury got knocked down, that was kind of like everyone's shocked, you know? And the fact that Francis Ngannou lasted 10 rounds. This is this was his first boxing fight. Yeah. For someone like him to last 10 rounds against the world's best boxer yeah. of today, like that's crazy. Good for him. But I, I really I mean, wish that he had won the fight. I mean, you're not an expert in boxing, but neither were the judges, apparently. <laughs> because, I mean, from me watching from round five, knowing that he got the knockdown in round three, I didn't, I mean, I scored it for Nganu as well. And then when I went back and watched the first five rounds as well, I was scoring it in my head. And I'm like, yeah, for sure Nganu wins this. Because once you get the knockdown, that's a 10-8 round. So Fury has to win two rounds just to even out that one round. And I didn't see it. Mm -hmm, now, mm -hmm. so anyways, the, the the title of this segment of the show, obviously, is Boxing Stinks. It's just so stupid, Rain. But the problem is, is I think there was no way the judges were going to let him win. Anyways. Oh, yeah. If, if it got sure. to a decision... The fix has to be in because they're like, well, we can't have this guy lose. Also, Alexander Usyk is sitting in the front row over here. They've already signed to fight in December. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we knew all this was like not planned, but 
the the chips all fell in the in in line. You know what I mean? Um, I will say, I was upset that Francis did not go for the win. Like, you're in the tenth round, fighting Tyson Fury. You've made it here. You must have thought in your head you're pretty close to winning. If not, I'm winning. Mm-hmm. In the tenth round, I don't know why you don't go gangbuster throwing everything at this dude because there were moments where Nganu was like throwing yeah combos and fury was backing up and he was not looking great so i thought it was really weird that francis didn't go for the kill did you um did you see that do you think about that at all no i think like going into the 10th round i actually felt like you know what I think he's gonna win this. He's gonna win this. Um, and I was thinking in my head, I hope that um, you know, Tyson Fury doesn't come back out and like just knock him down. And I don't I the thing is, I didn't think that would be possible anyway, judging by what I saw from rounds one mm-hmm. through nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, you know, the only saving grace for Tyson Fury was if he were to knock knock out uh Francis Ngannou. But it didn't happen. And Ghana lasted till the 10th round. And um, man, I was I was just really hoping that he would win. And I remember the announcers actually said that um the in, in Las Vegas, like in the sports books, they were actually yeah. saying yeah. favoring uh Ngana to win already. Yeah, if you were looking at the live odds during the fight going into the 10th round, I think it was like negative fifteen hundred or something in favor of Nganu to win the fight. So had you t- had you bet big mm-hmm. on the 10th round, believing that there's no way the commission's going to let Fury lose this, <laughs> you could have you won some pretty decent money yeah. in that 10th round. Like, it was pretty crazy. But my thing is this, Rain. If you're Francis Nganu, you got so much props now for lasting 10 rounds with Fury, right? So you mm-hmm. get you get all the props. Would Nganu have had just as much props had he got knocked out in the tenth round? Like, do you like mm. as much as we love Francis now and say, God dang, what a guy, what a champion, what an athlete? Would we still be saying that if he had done the exact same, but then got knocked out in the tenth? Would we still say, great guy, great athlete, proved everybody wrong, blah blah blah? I think so. Um, because I feel like a lot of people were thinking he wouldn't, he probably wouldn't last that long. Yeah. You know, and the fact that he did, like, even if he got knocked out, like in the 10th round, I would still give him props because a lot of people did not expect for him to last that long. Um, you know, people were like, Oh, maybe round three, round five, whatever, you know, no, he, he's like, no, I'm taking you all to round 10. You know, everyone got their money's worth, even yeah. though the result is, you know, what yes. I feel like most people did not uh, want. So I'm glad that you said that because otherwise the how, what I'm going to say next would not have made any sense. But I agree. I think that had he done everything he did and then still lost in the 10th round, I still think we'd be in the same position we are today. Mm-hmm. Saying that Francis is incredible. Mm-hmm. fantastic he's proven himself let's see what he does next for that reason though i'm really pissed off at his coaches that they didn't say this is the 10th round you right go out there and finish this pool and put it all on the line now because who cares you've done it now you've made it to the 10th round you already knocked him down once you've freaking done all this go finish this guy now yeah yeah throw everything you have when that bell rings at the end of the 10th round and this fight is over you better be on the ground dying of exhaustion from throwing every single thing you have at him who cares whether you get knocked out go freaking kill this guy and just put it all out there because had you won you would have been the king of the world like you would have amassed insane stardom and fame yeah but have you gone to decision win or lose decision or get knocked out it's the same you're you're still amazing mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to win would have been 
incredible. And so for that, I feel like his coaches kind of let him down there. He should have just been going, look, you need to just finish this guy now. Like do everything you can win, win or lose. You go out there to kill this guy now. And I feel like he could have. Like, I thought so too. He showed the ability to, to, to do it. Um, last question, Rain. Was the fight fake at all? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. You don't think uh, they had an agree a gentleman's agreement to not kill each other, to not knock each other out? Nothing like that. Um, I thought away. it would be more... Um, I felt like there was a lot of dancing around. I felt like there would be like more like, you know, punches thrown. I felt like, but that could be because they're just trying to like size up each other too. Um, I felt like they could go, they could have gone harder mm. than what they did. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I love seeing the mutual respect between Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury. Just seeing them like after the fight, you know, and I, I don't know if Tyson Fury was nervous because after the fight, I felt like, like I saw the look in his face and it seemed like he couldn't believe it. I, I had that vibe from him that he couldn't believe that maybe he couldn't believe that. Oh my God, this guy who fought for the first time as a boxer lasted 10 rounds against me. Well, Tyson Fury, not me, but, right. <laughs> But, you know, there was that look of disbelief on his face. So I don't know if for a second Tyson Fury actually doubted that he could win that match. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I do agree with you. There was a lot of dancing around. There was a lot of times where it felt like there was a lot of inactivity. And I forget, I was looking for this quickly. There was a post that showed the number of strikes landed mm. throughout all 10 rounds. Mm -hmm. it's very low some of the rent like very low yeah you know what i mean like i get hit more during warm-up at my <laughs> boxing classes than Nganu got hit like in a whole round right like yeah. it's kind of crazy um but let's assume nothing i just think francis should have gone for that kill i don't know why he didn't yeah. uh and maybe, maybe like for him too, you know, because this was his first time in a boxing ring, that could be like a lesson learned for him too. Maybe yep. that was something in his head. Oh, you know, I could go like, I could go wild now, but uh, I don't know if I should, but like, maybe there was some doubts in his head if he should go harder or not. Um, but maybe now he's like thinking about it. You know what? Looking back, I should have done it. You know? Yeah. This is why, Rain, I need to be more people's coaches in real life, though. You should. Because I feel like you got to tell people these kind of things. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, Or at least have that discussion beforehand and go like, hey, are you happy with just getting a draw? Are you happy with lasting 10 rounds? And if you're happy with it, that's cool. You made it to 10 but rounds. But if you're not and you want to win and you think that winning is more important than losing, then you're in the 10th round dude go you got a yeah. gangbuster now you've got the energy you don't look like you're dead tired you're, you've got energy in the tank go go expel it um that said rain francis has shown that he can box with the best of them uh i i've heard i don't know if this is real but i think he's challenging tiger woods to golf next spring and he's is he really He's going to become the world's greatest golfer. Uh, and then a guy on Instagram uh, tagged me when I said that. And he says that, please don't forget Fight Insight podcast. He's going to be challenging Djokovic at Wimbledon, oh Ronaldo God. at football. Uh, there's He's going to be going after all the sports titles now because okay. he's just the world's greatest athlete as far as okay. we're concerned now. So he's going to do it all, Rain. Uh, that's yeah. good you know I can't wait for him to challenge Roman Reigns because there was a reference uh, yes, the Roman Superman Reigns punch. reference during the fight where and apparently Francis Ngannou said that he he was going to do the uh, Superman punch yes yes so uh, there you I go I can't it. wait for Roman Reigns versus Francis Ngannou <laughs> there you go wrestling too he'll get the WWE title as well uh, Reign here's a post that happened afterwards as well PFL posted immediately afterwards or at least one day after now the PFL super fight, uh, how to enter to watch Francis's debut at PFL. Um, so 
Nobody knows what the hell this is. There's no opponent scheduled. Of course, we don't even know when this is going to happen, if ever, but they're trying to promote it. Um, and then Francis Ngannou tweets, I've been calling out John Jones, but I can take Stipe for the same occasion while waiting for Jones to get back. Uh, Rain, I don't think Francis Ngannou understands how contracts work. But <laughs> like those guys are in the UFC, buddy. They're not fighting you now. So now we just go back to this world of tweets. Yeah. And a bunch of nonsense until we actually see the next big thing. But uh, yeah, so PFL is saying that Ngannou is going to fight for PFL. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Well, judging uh, by what you saw between Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury, do you think he should at least keep trying uh, in boxing or should he focus now again in MMA with PFL? If he's going to make more money boxing, then go make more money boxing. Okay. Right? Go do whatever's going to make you the most money. Now, PFL signed you, and apparently your deal was $8 million plus guaranteed $2 million plus to your opponent, blah, 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 in PFL. So I guess now he just has to wait and see who the better opponent comes out to be. Okay. But here's the thing, Rain. Do you think any professional heavyweight boxer would want to fight Ngannou <laughs> now, seeing that he almost beat Tyson Fury? Or, like, if you're, you know, whoever... Andy Ruiz or Deontay Wilder, whoever. Would you even want to risk your legacy to fight Nganu? See, my perspective on that is that if um, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Like if but you Francis, think so, Francis if, you, if you're threatened by that, if you're threatened by by Francis Nganu now, I think I don't know. I, I think my mindset would be, you know what. I feel threatened by this person. Now, you know, I have like competition again. I'll try, you know, even yeah. if I lose, I tried. That's, that's always like my mindset anyway. Um, you know, mm. but you know, obviously we're talking about, you know, uh, legends having like legacy and like sports and all that. Um, and going back to what you were pointing out earlier about, you know, the importance of Francis and Ghana winning. I like the way you put it in perspective, right. As a coach, like if you had reminded Francis and Ghana that look, the stakes of like you winning this are very high. You know, you're going to beat someone who's been undefeated, you know, the best of the world. You're going to beat this guy. Like it's going to yeah. be crazy if you end up winning this fight um, versus, you know what? You lasted 10 rounds, more power to you. Great. You know? Um, but yeah, um, you know, I feel like if there's other heavyweight boxers out there that would want to try and face Francis Ngannou, I think they should. Even though they've seen, you know, what happened um, between Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou, I think they should take take it as a challenge. I yeah. think, you know, in a world of sports, at least I think in life in general, I feel like if you don't challenge yourself, you know, if you just keep getting scared, if you're feeling, um, you know, scared of, you know what, I don't think I can handle this, whatever, then how will you grow? Well, you don't, Rain. Uh, you don't. <laughs> You don't, and 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 I will leave it off on this. You know, I had a uh, a mentor speak to me one time when I was uh, looking for a new mentor in my professional mm -hmm. career, and my mentor said to me, "They said, Tim, you you need a mentor that's different than you. Your mentor mm -hmm. cannot be like you because then you will grow up to be just like you, and you don't want to be like you, do you?" And I was like, "Damn, that hurts, but it's good." Because you need to challenge yourself. You need to look outside of who you normally are. So you're right, Rain. If these guys want to push it, then you push it and fight Nganu. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just don't think anyone will. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're a professional boxer. Because the thing is, too, is you're like, okay, fine. You're a genetic freak. Okay, fine. You're some crazy, amazing athlete. But God dang, I've been boxing since I was six years old. My whole life has led to this moment. I've fought the right guys. I've picked my right fights. I've done the right things. I've trained my whole life. I can't risk losing it to a guy that has fought once before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It just story. It just it doesn't it doesn't work for me. Like it's not it's not respectful to what I am. And I would lose everything. Like my whole life would become a shell of what it is if I lose to you. 
I don't know. That's okay. See, I've talked myself out of it now. You're terrible, Rain. I don't. I don't believe anything you've said now. Like, I, it's it's hard. I don't. I don't know if I would do it. You know. I don't know. I feel like for me, I would. Because like for me, even if I end up losing, I know I tried. You know. And at the same time, it's yeah. like, I, I. The thing is, for me, I don't see it as if I lose this one fight, it's gonna get rid of all of the accomplishments that I've had in the past. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's just like, I'm, I'm a human being, right? If I end up losing some point, it'll happen. You know, um, uh, it makes me think of, um, the quote that, um, Chris Lieben actually, um, talked about, he said, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been driving this car for, for so long at some point you're going to crash. There's just right. no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I don't know, Rain. You're always so positive. It, it annoys me like crazy. I just need you hey, to be visible with this me. This is what your mentor said. You can't oh, yeah. like. Oh, there you go. See, there, there you go. go. Exactly. Shoot, that lesson is still being learned, Rain. Uh, Rain, we went long. You know what happened? We filmed the interview before, and then you and I always get engaged in such good conversation. We just keep talking and talking. I mean, we do the whole thing. So, but I appreciate you coming out. Halloween dressed up. Yeah. Yeah, looking good. If you guys are not on the audio podcast, make sure you come over to YouTube or Spotify where you can catch the video. You can see Rain in costume. Uh, Rain, next week, I will see you. Hopefully, Bantamweight Bellator champion Rafion Stotts will be on the podcast. We'll talk to him about his fight against that annoying guy, Danny Sabatello. <laughs> I won't say that really too much because, you know, I got to be professional, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but aside from that, Rain, have a wonderful week. Is there anything you want to say before we go? Just happy Halloween to everyone. And uh, to Jared Gordon, hey, if you want to buy us tickets too, find us at Fight Inside Podcast. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Jared Gordon. And we will pay for our own transportation and lodging. Yeah. But we, we just, just want the tickets. We, we just, just want the tickets. Ticket. Yeah, thank you, Jared. All right, good to see you, Jared. And thank you so much. Bye, Rain. Bye.